Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco, or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. In this episode, I am going to answer a question from Scott Spain, who asked in our Photo Taco listeners Facebook group, again, facebook.com slash groups slash Photo Taco. He said, on the heels of this great topic, which was JPEG Mini at the time, we've moved on a few episodes from that, but this is the question that I, I decided to do today. I'd love to hear an episode that contains your thoughts on what image dimensions to use for various avenues. What size for Instagram, Facebook, 500px? What about your website? Do you sacrifice a fast loading image to accommodate full screen viewing on a 5K iMac, or is that overkill? What about Squarespace? Do they recompress the image when they create multiple sizes for you? Does this strategy vary for sites like Smug Muggins and Folio? Seems like these various avenues each have their own sweet spots. Scott, thank you so much for your question. This is one that it, um, in photography, it's probably going to get really dated quickly. <laughs> Because social media sites are not standing still on their requirements. Um, and that's kind of the, I think, the core of your question. You did ask a little bit about portfolio sites, and we'll get to the end of the podcast. But the, the social media rules for having good photos has changed a lot, and it's going to continue changing. So as I record this in early December 2016, it's not going to stay that way. I, I Rest assured, it will not stay this way. So you're going to have to maybe stay tuned to the podcast, and I'll update this periodically as big changes happen. Um, but for now, let's go through kind of some details about the major social media networks. We'll touch on the uh, the portfolio question, and then we'll end the episode. So let's start with the biggest, the king, the the mountain, that is Facebook. Yeah, I needed to start with evil Facebook, and I know it's declining. I know there's a lot of people who really actually dislike even using Facebook. I'm not one. I still kind of enjoy Facebook. I enjoy our community on Facebook. So maybe that's why I enjoy it still. I know it's been a real problem for photographers where they're having a hard time reaching the audience they've built up. There's a lot of very, very good photographers who have quite a buildup of followers on Facebook and they can't reach them even when they pay to. And that's a massive, massive problem. But also a problem on Facebook is that they're ultimately kind of the, the biggest photo killer out there. And as an IT guy, I get why that is, why they have to kind of nuke your photo. And that's because every byte, that's B-Y-T-E, but every byte that goes into your photo costs Facebook money. They have to pay to store the file on the servers. They have to pay every time someone looks at your photo at facebook.com and it gets sent over the internet. Think of the millions and millions of photos being shared through Facebook and how quickly that would add up. And I'm not trying to be an apologist for Facebook, just trying to maybe add a little bit of reason why it is they need to do it. I wish that they didn't quite go as far as they do in the compression, but that's kind of why they need to do it. They have to make the file as small as possible so it costs them as little money as possible and they can survive as a business. It's a business thing they have to do. That means small in both file size and resolution. And I'm not going to go through kind of the differences of those two things. I think there's other photo tacos you can go listen to on that topic. But they will allow you to upload a file much larger in both file size and resolution than what will actually get posted. And they're going to do that. They allow that because they're going to compress the heck out of it when they get it. Just like Scott had alluded to, yes, Facebook is going to take your photo and it's going to squash it and squash it and squash it until it fits into until it's much much smaller so that it can cost them less money 
as they share your photo out on Facebook. And Facebook has an article at their site that tells you kind of the details of what they recommend to get your best out of your photos. They say, while we automatically, we automatically resize and format your photos when you upload them to Facebook. To help make sure your photos appear in the highest possible quality, try these tips. And I've tested through these tips. And I'm going to go into a little bit more detail on Facebook in particular than I am the others. Uh, just because it is kind of the biggest of the way that people are currently sharing photos online uh, with Instagram being a very close and rising second. But so their recommendation for regular photo sharing, we're not going to talk about cover photos or profile photos in this episode, but regular photos, you just are trying to share your work. They recommend three widths, three possible width. Now it's not longest edge. It's kind of an important detail that I hadn't noticed until this I researched for this episode, but the width of your your uh, photo. So 720 is one width. That's the smallest size that they recommend. 960 is the next one. And the very largest is 2048. And we're going to get to kind of what that means in a second here. They also said that you should export your image as a JPEG with an sRGB color profile. So that's good to know, right? You don't want, you can upload PNG formats, even TIFF formats. I believe Facebook will take them, but they're recommending you do a JPEG format. And it's probably just to save them money. The fact that they'll take a, J, a TIFF or a PNG and then they'll convert it for you. Yeah, that, that's not, you don't get a, a big advantage because you put it in JPEG before you uploaded it. It's that that JPEG is going to be smaller than either a TIFF or a PNG. And uh, and so they didn't have to pay as much money as you upload it either. So they're trying to save themselves some money there too. But sRGB, we've recommended that before. If you're going to share anywhere, whether it's your portfolio, Facebook, any social media site, any, any place you're going to put it for the web, you want it in sRGB color profile. All right. And then they also say, make sure to set your settings on photos uploaded to HD by default. And then mobile in particular, you want to go find that setting. If you don't know where it is, just search on the internet. The Goog knows where to find that and you'll be able to go change that setting and that will make a big difference. All right. So let's break down a little bit what this means. The first suggestion there for a normal photo sharing is that there aren't, they're either 720, 960 or 2048 pixels wide. What they should have said is that if you upload anything with more pixels, they're going to shrink it down to 2048. It, Facebook will not show your photo bigger than 2048 pixels wide, which means if you upload a photo that is say 5523, 5523 pixels wide, after pushing it through their shrinking machine, you're going to get a photo at less than half that size at 2048, period. There is no way to get a photo to be bigger than 2048 when people look at it on Facebook. In other words, you're wasting your time and your bandwidth uploading photos to Facebook if they are wider than 2048. And that might not be a big deal for everybody. You might not be, it, the time difference, especially if it's one photo, the time that you might save is probably no better <laughs> than the time it would have taken to resize your image or shrink your image yourself down to 2048, maybe. So, you know, maybe there's not a big argument for doing that. And you might wonder why I picked 5523 for the width a moment ago. And that's because I went and did a bunch of testing. My objective is I wanted to see, is there anything you can do before sending it to Facebook that would make Facebook not touch your photo? Make it so that they don't compress it. 
with the idea being maybe you can do a better job of compressing it yourself. Maybe you won't lose as much image quality if you do the compression before you upload it to Facebook. And so I went and did a bunch of testing. I tested with a 20 megapixel image was 5523 by 3682. All right, and that had a file size in JPEG format exported. I did it at 100% quality first just to see if just making it 2048 changed anything, not whether the compression did, but if just shrinking it using uh, you know the bicubic uh, calculations in Photoshop, if that would make it so that they didn't touch it. I doubted it because 7.3 megabytes is a very big file size feel for the web. You wouldn't want one on the on the portfolio website that was being used that was that big either. It just would be too slow to load. So I didn't have any confidence that that was gonna change anything, but I kind of wanted to see what Facebook did with it too as a baseline so that I could see, I could recognize if maybe they didn't do as much to it with other tests. So I, I uploaded that one and it came back at about 10% the size, 2.8 megapixels at 2048 by 1365. So just, it maintained the aspect ratio I uploaded at, which is a three by two, since that's the native aspect ratio of my Canon 70 Mark II, and it shrunk it down to where the width was 2048. The file size ended up being 438K, which is about 5%. So the, the resolution shrunk down to be 10% of the original size, but the file size ended up being 5% of the original. So they went way further on making sure that they shrunk that file than just the resolution. They really cranked up the compression, something that you can do yourself in Photoshop or Lightroom as well in the quality slider when you're exporting you can set the quality slider down so that it, it really kind of shrinks the file size, but then you lose image quality. And that's exactly what Facebook is doing. So in the, of course the resulting image didn't have the same level of detail, but I wanted, I wondered if uh, the, I, I wanted the baseline. All right. So the next I decided, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take that 2048. I'm going to shrink it down in Photoshop myself to 2048 by 1365. The native resolution one, I already saw what happens there. I want to find out if I shrink it to 2048, what happens? So I did that in Photoshop, shrunk it down to 2048 by 1365, the same resolution that Facebook shrunk it to. And then I exported it to JPEG, 100% quality, and it was still a pretty massive 2.7 megabytes, right? And so now the test, what? This was gonna give me some baseline to see what's gonna happen. So I uploaded that one, yep. Facebook definitely touched it. They definitely compressed it. Um, the file that came back was 581K, which is interesting because that was bigger in file size than what the full resolution one was that I got. So maybe Facebook's uh, compression algorithms do a better job with the bigger file size. It's hard to tell. Uh, because they compress it so much, it's pretty different from the original. If you try to do any comparisons, it's pretty hard to kind of see and compare the two. Um, so it, it's hard to tell. I, I don't know. I can't tell a big enough difference for it to be meaningful, but that's kind of what, what it came to. The real question I wanted to answer, though, was if I compress it myself to be the very smallest file size without impact, impacting image quality, Will Photoshop, or sorry, will Facebook leave it alone? And this is where the JPEG Mini product comes in. So it's kind of a, you know, following on, Scott's question came from the JPEG Mini episode. And yep, the product that I reviewed a little while ago, if you'll remember, I said it does exactly what it claims to do. And that's shrink the file size of a JPEG so that it's, you don't lose image quality. It does a very, very good job of that. 
better than I'm guessing the Facebook algorithm does. And Facebook has a different purpose, right? They're not trying to maintain image quality. They're trying to get the most image quality they can, but they the priority or the objective is to shrink it down in size and they will sacrifice image quality. Whereas JPEG mini is the opposite. We're going to keep image quality, but we're going to try to get as much compression, the file size down as much as we can in doing that. So I did that. I ran that file through 2.75 megabyte file became 788 K when I ran it through JPEG mini, which made me nervous because that's quite a bit bigger than any of the files I had seen downloaded from Facebook at that point. So I uploaded that file and sure enough, Facebook touched it. <laughs> they compressed it down quite a bit more. In fact, it went down to the lowest of any of the file sizes, which probably means the worst image quality of any of the file sizes, 384K. Again, not anything that, at least from, from fairly trivial comparison, these photos didn't look dramatically different one from another. They were pretty much the same. So at uh, what do you take out of this, I guess is kind of the next question. What does all of this technical width and, and compression and all this discussion I've just had, what does it mean to you? How do I recommend that you upload to Facebook? And I think what it comes down to is it might be a value to go to 2048 just so you save time and your bandwidth. We have increasingly, there's the situation where you pay more with the more bandwidth you use on the internet. They, they meter what you use through a month. And if you're uploading massive files to Facebook only to have Facebook compress them, you're needlessly using up that bandwidth. And it could cost you money in the long run. And that's probably going to be the case more and more and more. At least it's headed that way in the US. So um, my recommendation is shrink it to 2048. And you can do it with if you're if you're using Lightroom as your primary uh, driver and the primary way you're editing your photos, super easy to set up an export preset, you can name it something like Facebook, and have it automatically resize your photo to 2048 on the long edge, which doesn't guarantee it because they made a big deal about 2048 wide. And if you have a portrait oriented photo, uh, you could actually probably get it to be a little bigger than than that because the long edge is going to be the height and not the width. But still, you know, it's pretty easy. That's the way I've set it up. That's the way I'm sharing them. 2048. The other thing that I've done with an export preset and that makes sense to me is it applies a watermark. I personally decided I wanted a watermark in there. It's kind of it's as least obtrusive as, <laughs> as I could come up with. And so it's, it's in the lower right-hand corner. It's kind of semi-transparent. It's not very big. If someone really, really wanted to steal my photo and uh, they were going to get it out of Facebook, which wouldn't be the best quality one anyway, then they, it's pretty trivial for them to use like content-aware fail and just remove my watermark. But at least it's there. At least they'd have to take the effort to do that. And I, it's a branding thing more than anything. I want to send people to my website and a lot of them aren't going to necessarily click through your profile in Facebook to find where your website is. So I've decided for me, I want watermarking. And so I do two exports of my best photos, the ones that I really want to go share. Um, well, maybe not all of them, but I, I will do the preset, the export preset in Lightroom for Facebook, which will put them into a specific folder on my drive where I can go and find them for sharing them later. And I will do a full resolution export 
for my website without my watermarker. We'll get into that in just a second. Let's move on to a couple of other social medias. I'm not going to go in depth of this because they all function roughly the same way I've just described with photo with uh, Facebook. They're going to compress your photos. They're going to make them smaller and you really can't do anything about it to make them not touch your photos and make them smaller. Again, it costs these social media networks money so they're going to protect their site. They're going to protect their finances by compressing the photos. And I don't think it really matters what you do beforehand. They're still going to touch your photos. So let's go to Instagram. As of December 2016 here, maximum width of a photo on Instagram is 1080 pixels. and You don't have a choice. Everything you post will be sized to 1080 pixels wide. Just end of story which is a little different because Facebook had some other sizes besides 2048. Just why would you be interested in an even smaller version at 960 or 720? So we didn't go over that. But in Instagram, you don't have a choice. It's 1080 wide. The height in Facebook didn't get constrained. They didn't say there's a specific height on anything. I'm sure there's a practical limit. You're not going to want a photo that's like massively tall and really and only 2048 wide. That wouldn't be a, a, a appealing thing, probably. Um, but on Instagram, they specified three heights that you have to stick to, or at least they're going to make you stick to as you post the photo. You'll have to crop it if it doesn't meet this when you go to do it. And so you'll want to do it yourself beforehand. Make sure you have a photo that you don't have to cut anything off of when you share it on Instagram. Those three heights are 566, 1080 and 1350. So 566 gives you a kind of landscape oriented photo. And 1080, of course, is that square resolution that that used to be the only option they offered. And then you have the portrait oriented size that is 1350 high. And if you think about it, that's actually the one that's going to give you the most pixels possible. You have 1350 high by by 1080 wide, and that's more pixels than, say, the landscape orientation, where you only have 566 high. That's like less than half on the height. And so you get way fewer pixels that you can show through the, the app. And that there's you know good reason for it. I think Instagram is mostly accessed on mobile devices, which is mostly being used in the portrait orientation so they can have more room to show the photo at full resolution with 1350 high. All right, so if you have a whole bunch of photos that you want to upload and you resize them to 2048, maybe you've got an export preset in Lightroom that puts it out at 2048 since that's the recommendation from Facebook, then you're going to have to size down your photos in Instagram, right? 2048 is way bigger than 1080 and Instagram is going to size them down. And you also have to make sure it fits in one of those three aspect ratios. So that landscape one with 566 for the height, that turns out to be a 1.91 to one aspect ratio. And that's where I find this really odd. Why did they pick 1.91 to one? They could have gone with two to one. That would have made <laughs> at least round that number off. Really strange to me that that's how they picked it. And it's it makes it a little bit harder in Lightroom because you don't have a preset crop factor for that aspect ratio in the tool. You have to go to custom aspect ratio and type in 1.91 to one so that you can do your crop how you want it to look on Instagram and then export it out. And so now you have to have a whole separate preset. If, if you're going to share a landscape oriented photo where it's wider than it is tall, you're going to have to have a whole separate preset 
in order to make, make that work right. And then you're going to have to set the crop factor specific to that beforehand as well. You can't just, the height won't automatically happen. So you actually have to take a little bit more care when you're sharing out to Instagram than you do probably anything else, actually. As I've researched this, like or Instagram, you're going to have to treat differently than anything else. All right, then you have the 1080p, the square aspect ratio, which there's a crop factor for that in, in Lightroom by default. They have the one-to-one aspect ratio. So that's, you know, not too bad. And um, you can do the crop and, and export. Then you have on a portrait-oriented photo, 1350 pixels high. That actually is a great aspect ratio. That's four by five, which means it's the same as an eight by 10. And of course, there's a Lightroom preset or a Lightroom crop factor in uh, the cropping tool that's already there for 8x10. So that's pretty simple and pretty trivial to do. I don't understand why on the landscape oriented they didn't go with a more standard aspect ratio. It's kind of strange to me. If those terms aspect ratio don't mean anything to you, go search Photo Taco aspect ratio and find the podcast on that. All right, so that means that you really kind of have to make custom uh, sizes, custom things for Instagram. And in some ways that's okay because my experience has been, and I've, I've listened to people who are very successful on Instagram. You really kind of need to take special care. Anyway, you're not going to go post 30 photos to Instagram in a single shot. Like you might on Facebook, you might upload a whole bunch of shots from a, a session that you do a portrait session that you take or a landscape session where you have different views of the same landscape. You might share a group of those in, in Facebook or even on other social media sites, but on Instagram, you really only want to show one at a time. And to really get a, build up your following, you don't want to share them all at once either. You kind of want to dribble them out, maybe one or two a day kind of thing, just so that people will see your feed routinely. They'll follow you. They'll build up this expectation to see your work over time and you build up your audience, which means since you're only posting one photo, you kind of need to make the post count. It needs to look great. It needs to be cropped great. You probably want to include quite a bit in the description. Instagram allows a lot of uh, things. It's almost like a, a blog posting opportunity that you have with Instagram. So that's kind of what I'd recommend is you really focus on it. You you design it. So maybe you do a quick export from Lightroom out to for uh, 2048 on the width for Facebook. Then maybe you're going to pop over into Photoshop and uh, maybe do some more work on it in, for Instagram. I'll go over it a second. One thing I'm doing there, why, why I recommend that. But you, I, I really think you need to focus on making higher quality individual posts out to Instagram. And it's kind of strange to say because Instagram is going to shrink it so much. 1080 pixels is not a lot of pixels on the width that you, you lose a lot of image quality and it's just really hard. But again, the idea there is they're going to see it on their phone, which on your phone, you don't have that much real estate anyway. And they're going to click to your profile, see your website and go see the real thing. That's the idea. And making it happen is different, but that's that's the idea. Um, so I, I really recommend you, you use something like um, later.com is a great website I'm using to get photos from my computer to my phone. Uh, and then you can do some scheduling functionality there. You can use Google Photos. I'm doing that too. I, sometimes I'll forget to go upload my photo to later. And so I love it that Google Photos is just running in the background of my desktop. And every time I export to, for, for, to a specific folder that I've designated on my computer for Instagram photos, where their aspect ratio, their size, just how I want them, 
uh, Google automatically backs that up to the cloud for free and I can go pull them down on my phone and, and use them. Wish the Google Photos backup app worked more consistently. It's, it's kind of struggling. But anyway, then or, or use like the Mac AirDrop feature, Mac OS and iOS to get it to your phone if you have that. Um, there is a Lightroom plugin, but I don't recommend doing it because it doesn't really give you the full flexibility to go and make that, especially that blog entry post that you that you want to make. So I I don't really recommend the Lightroom plugin. It works. It's okay. Um, but I like doing it myself a lot better. I, it helps me to focus on my post and make the most of it. Okay. Now, the one thing that I wanted to say about kind of extra work I do on some shots, I take panoramas. I take them so that they are multiple hundreds of megapixels. It's usually around 200, uh, 200 plus megapixels massive, massive photos, right? Those are huge, huge photos. And in fact, so big that I sometimes have challenges uploading it to my portfolio site, which we'll get to in a moment. But what I found is if I try to shrink my big, massive panorama photo down, which is usually a lot wider than it is tall, um, then, and I try to use that landscape oriented photo, I only get 566 pixels on the height. That's it. And only 1080 on the width. It's it's super constraining and it just takes my wonderful photo like a, a you know a sunrise over the Rocky Mountains that was just amazing orange colors and it makes it this like tiny tiny little picture. So what I've discovered I've seen some other people do was to plan your posts so that you actually kind of string three of them together. When you go to your grid in the Instagram profile view, uh, by default, it has that grid. It's three three photos across, and then they just go down the timeline of, of the post that you've made. Well, if you time, if you post them in the right order, then you can make it so that actually your land, your my my panorama photo is chopped up into three separate posts, and then in that grid view it actually looks quite a bit better than a single post does with the image. You can get, it, it'll just looks quite a bit bigger there to see it. And so that's a strategy that I've started using. I don't know how effective it's gonna be or how useful it is, I just thought I'd mention it. And I go in to do that, I take the photo over into Photoshop and I, I just chop it up and maybe I'll create a YouTube video training on, on how I do that. But that's kind of one of the things I've started adopting to try to do a better job of sharing my panoramas because that's such a challenging thing with Instagram. All right, enough of Instagram. It's a great service. I really like using Instagram. I just wish there was a better way to get some a little bit higher quality landscapes on there than is really possible today. So let's talk briefly about a couple of other services. Uh, Twitter, and I'm gonna go really briefly on Twitter because it's not really a destination people go to to see great photos. Uh, lots of people love Twitter. I love Twitter. I use it constantly, but its purpose is very different from Facebook and Instagram for me. I'm after like news. I'm after like sports news in particular. It's really funny to me to see people using Twitter to go and and just lose their minds about their sports team. But that's it doesn't really lend itself to facilitating sharing your photos very well. Um, I still do. I still post them there, but I'm reusing my Facebook images to uh, to share to Twitter and it works out fine. Really what I'm gonna say here is there's, there is a recommended size. Uh, Twitter recommends you upload at 1024 by 512. So it's a two to one aspect ratio. 
which I wish Instagram would have done a two to one aspect ratio. It makes more sense. But anyway, um, I don't think it matters though. If you're going to upload to Twitter, take your 2048 export that you did for Facebook and just reuse that. I don't think it's worth worrying about stuff on Twitter, especially again, because people don't tend to go to Twitter to find any of the news there. You have other ones too. Uh, Pinterest is probably uh, uh, the next most popular, maybe even more than Twitter, probably definitely more than Twitter as far as finding photos. But I've, my experience with Pinterest has been one where it's very hit or miss and mostly miss for me as far as getting people to care about a photo. Most people are going over to Pinterest in order to find ideas for creativity. They're not going to find the next canvas they want to print or uh, the it's just a whole different purpose. So, and and then to, to make it different too, it's yet a different aspect ratio. They really prefer portrait oriented and not just portrait oriented, but really high on the height versus the width. The posts are, are really kind of designed to work that way. Maybe to stand out from the other sites. Uh, I'm not tailoring anything to it myself. I haven't found it to be tremendously helpful in my being able to, uh, put forward my business, but other people might have different experiences and you can go check out. They've got very good documentation on how it is that you should, uh, you should size your photos for Pinterest. So go check that out. You might be able to leverage uh, a lot of what you did for either Instagram or Facebook and maybe just add some height and put some more text on there so that you can share it on, on Pinterest. The one I really wish would have made better that we're not going to mention either is Google plus and I'm not going to go into the details there because that's a ghost town, unfortunately. I really wish they would have done a better job, or at least it had caught on. I think they did a better job. It just somehow didn't catch on. Maybe it's people distrust for Google. I don't know what the reason is, but boy, did they have a superior to all of these, a superior experience to posting your photos. And I really wish they'd have won because they had a, that just was beautiful the way that the photos ended up. Uh, but there's just nobody there. I was really heavy on Google Plus for quite a while uh, back in, I don't know, 2014 or so, pushing things there. I was getting lots of feedback there, but it just died. It just, nobody was there. It's a ghost town. I haven't even been on the Google Plus app on my phone in probably more than a year now. I probably should just delete the app. I'm just not going there, so I wouldn't spend any time. If you're choosing to share them there, just reuse your Facebook photo, formatted photo again. All right, let's finish up this podcast by going over kind of the portfolio side then. I'm not going to go any more into the social media. I kind of get the flavor of what you, if you want to share on a specific network that I haven't mentioned, just go look up the, the settings. They've got the stuff out there to do that. But let's let's quickly go over kind of the, the latter part of Scott's question where he asked about your portfolio and do you upload full res files? What happens to it? What are the providers doing? You have the big players like Squarespace and Zenfolio and SmugMug and 500px, just to name kind of the top few. There's lots of others. They There's lots who have lots of options and each is going to have their own way of dealing with your photos. So the best thing you can do is you, got, you go find either an online guide where they walk through what's the best way to upload your photos or call them, give them a call. That might be a good idea to test it anyway to see how well they are gonna support you. What's their customer service like for the, the portfolio site? All right, so the one thing I do think is gonna be kind of constant among all of them is you gotta think about if you really want your high resolution files up there. All right, and there's two 
basic aspects you need to think about. There's the user experience as someone's browsing your site. And then there's how likely or how easy are you making it for them to borrow your work, (laughs) to to help themselves to your work rather than uh, paying for your work. And uh, there's a balance you're going to have to decide on your own too. Now, so there's there's a couple of, of ways to deal with that. I think most of these sites, the way it's going to work, in fact, all of them that I mentioned, Squarespace and Folio, Smugbug and 500px, they're all going to compress them for you too. Just like Facebook and all these social media sites are doing, it costs them money when they show a massive resolution, a massive file size photo as people are browsing photos. And it's a terrible impact on the user experience. To download that 7.3 megabyte file every single time someone was browsing from page, from photo to photo on my site, that would take, that would be really super slow. Their experience would be terrible. So a core thing that all of these sites are going to do is they're going to resize the photos for you anyway. They're going to make it so that they are sized appropriately to the browser that's using it. So if it's on that 5K iMac, yeah, it, they might show you a, the user, the person visiting your site, of a fairly big version of the photo, maybe even as big as 2048, like Facebook was was uh, sizing things to. Um, they're all going to be different kind of about how that's going to work, what the specific dimensions are, but they may show a fairly large version, but pretty compressed and small version of the photo as people are browsing on your portfolio site. And then if they're on a mobile device, they'll it'll be even smaller. They're going to make multiple versions of your photo. So if you upload your full res version, they're probably going to make at least two, maybe three or four different versions so that they have the different version. They'll look at kind of what is trying to view this and they'll send back the version of the file that's going to be like best user experience on that browser meaning like sized right for the mobile phone versus sized right for the browser on a big 5k iMac. And, uh, and so that's kind of a core service that they're going to provide. And, uh, and that's so, so mostly that means you probably it's worthwhile to put the full res photo up on your portfolio site, knowing that the other reason to do that is if they offer a way for people to buy the photo you want the person to be able to get the full res file. They bought the photo, they licensed, they bought a license to the photo. And so giving them the full res version of the file, you may even want some, some of them will offers and Folio certainly does. That's the site that the provider I use, they allow you to even have different pricing models based on the resolution. You can have this resolution will be at this price and a, a full resolution is at a different price. So that's another way to kind of protect your work. If someone only wants it for a web posting, you can say, well, you can buy a smaller resolution version of the file for this amount. That's a lot cheaper than the full resolution version that is, is there. But it has it means you have to upload the full res file first. Or on some services, you might have to do the sizing yourself. I doubt it, but that might be something you have to do. Again, you're going to have to call or find online what it is that they want. The other thing to mention quickly, it has nothing to do with the image size, would be watermarking. And that's a, a decision that you're gonna have to make. I did not watermark for a while. And then I decided to, not so much because I thought it would prevent people from stealing my work. And I'm not as worried about them stealing my work. If they wanna steal it, they're gonna steal it. I mean, someone who's determined, they're gonna make it happen. But the reason I did it was just for branding, brand awareness. I'm trying to get my website to be something that people will think about and go to. And if I have my watermark, which is just my domain name, jsharmanphotos.com is there in the lower right hand. It's kind of transparent. 
I'm just doing it for branding purposes. It's not really trying to deter someone from stealing it, but that's kind of another purpose some people have. And with the Zenfolio in particular, I'm not sure on any other providers, I can dynamically apply that. So again, I have that whole shopping experience available. They can decide if they wanna buy a full resolution version of the file or not. And because I uploaded the full res file, I also in that full res file, make sure my watermark is not in the photo itself. It's applied by Zenfolio. So when Zen, when you go to my site, you'll see my watermark on all the photos, but it's being applied in real time as Zenfolio is showing the photo. Well, they kind of do it as you upload it. But anyway, they, it, they apply it dynamically. And then when you buy it, the, photo, the watermark's not there. You bought the photo, you got it licensed, and the watermark's not there. So, uh, so that's a, another thing that I just thought would be good to mention on, on this topic. All right. So again, just want to say with the portfolio websites again, make sure you go ask them what it is is the best way to, to upload the photos. I'm sure they will have guidance on what it is you should do, what specific sizes maybe, uh, or even how to use their system. If, if you're not sure how to set it up so that you control the, fi- the size, the resolution of the photo that's shown to the people as they're browsing your site, um, you know, it's good information to have and contact your provider will be the best thing. All right, that's it for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. As a quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash photo taco through Instagram by messaging at photo taco podcast or through email where the address is photo taco podcast at gmail.com. No question too basic or too complicated. If I don't know the answer, I'll either research the heck out of it or I'll bring on an expert guest who already knows about it and will help me learn it too. And uh, be sure to check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network. We have Portrait Session, Tripod, and Improved Photography, all wonderful podcasts that I listen to regularly myself. You need to check those out. Also head over to the mothership that makes all of this possible. The whole Improved Photography Network is only possible because of improvephotography.com where you'll find news, gear, and other photo tip articles. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!